Welcome to the Fit40 Podcast, where we take all the confusing, conflicting fitness and nutrition information and break it down so that you can live your healthiest, strongest, most energized life. I'm your host, Brian Fitzsimmons. Let's get it started. To hit record. All right, there we go. Okay. Yeah, it's not like we had covered anything important just yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm just going to give you a little bit of an intro so people know who you are, and then we'll just take it from there. Okay, all righty. All right, so hopefully people have signed on in the Facebook group during their lunchtime. But anyway, what's going on, everybody? We got Shane McLean in the house tonight, or today, actually. It is noontime. This guy is an expert when it comes to training mature women. And for those of you that don't know where he's been or what he's done, this guy is a big time writer. <laughs> like it'd probably be easier to list the places he's not published than. Oh if, come on! I'm just making saying. Me, you're making me blush now. Don't make me blush. I'm just saying. This guy has written his own ebook, Get Back in the Saddle. He's written for websites and publications like Garage Gym Reviews, Bar Ben, Breaking Muscle, Muscle and Fitness, Fitness Vault, the PTDC, Tony Gentlecore's website. And I probably missed another like hundred. So to say I am ecstatic to have him on the podcast is putting it lightly. So welcome, Shane. Thank you. That was a great introduction. And You're that very, is very lot, welcome. That is, that is a lot of places, isn't it? When you, when it, you yeah, you know, when you list them all, it's like, oh yeah. <laughs> but you know, back, you know, like when an athlete goes back, they're like, they they get interviewed about breaking a milestone, and they're like, I'm not really worried about that now. It'd be great to look back on it at the end of my career. Yeah, when you're right? sitting in your uh, man cave looking at all the trophies. <laughs> yeah, kind of. It's kind of like that. So. I, it's great that you listed it, but I don't. I don't often think. I don't often think of it like that. If you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, totally. But yeah, because it. it's, it's, it's still cool though. Yeah, you're just still so in it right now that you're like yeah. zooming out. Kind of feels weird. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. No. Yeah. Exactly right. But thank you yeah. for having me on. It's a great absolutely, honor. absolutely, and I'm so glad that our mutual friend Andrew Coates hooked us up. Because Andrew is one hell of a dude. I actually just got the opportunity to spend a lot of time with him at Coaching Con this past weekend. And literally within like maybe 20 minutes of chatting it up with him, he's like, dude, you got to get in touch with Shane McLean. Like message him right now. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> okay, so people who are watching, Andrew sent me a video message with you standing beside him. And you were completely silent. He did all the talking I just thought you looked scared because Andrew is one big dude. He is a big and dude. He makes everybody look be. small. <laughs> he's smaller than he used to be. That's a scary thought. He's almost, in, when you mention his size to him, he's almost embarrassed. <laughs> I mean, he definitely has that like chill giant vibe where he's like, am I big? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Like, but they're, actually, they're probably... There isn't a guy who, who who pushes there, you know, he's one of a few guys who really pushes this industry forward and puts others before himself. Absolutely. So I'm thankful, thankful for that. 
Yeah, very thankful for Andrew. So we had to get that shout out done early because we got a lot to cover because I mean, when it comes to our type of people that we train, like me and Shane both work with mature women, like I do women over 40. Where do you like, where's your line? Like where you typically work with someone? Yeah, I don't, I don't have one. Nah, just whoever comes through the door, if they're the right fit. Yeah, but I'd say most of most of the women clients that I've trained in the past, have de- yeah, definitely been over forty. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, cool. They've definitely been over forty. Um, I'm too old and ugly to train hot women. <laughs> no, Brett Contreras is here. They won't have a part of me. So yeah, my, most of my most of my have, have been uh, mature women for sure. Gotcha. But gotcha. I don't rather really have a line. All right, cool. Now. Let's dial it back a little bit to, I'm curious, because everybody seems to have a really good answer for this in the fitness space. What got you into fitness? Like what made you become a trainer? Okay, so the real, I mean, there's a couple of reasons. One, I love working out. I think anybody who comes in this industry, if you hate working out, obviously you're not going to be a trainer. Yeah. Um, Second reason is I really like telling people what to do. (laughs) <laughs> that might sound funny but it is true really i'm really bossy so being a personal trainer feeds that a little bit um i like making people better i think if you if you if you if you're not if you're not in this industry to make people better then again what are you doing here um i really like to wear tracksuit pants hate wearing suits hate wearing suits i've done a suit and tie thing don't like it and it hides my unhealthy obsession with coffee oh really oh god i you were it, it, live stream look at the size of my mug wow for anybody that's who's like a, listening that, in like on a, the podcast that's, that's like, a, like a leader that's like yeah. that's like it's like 32 ounce mug of coffee i drink two of those a day yeah, it was the size of your head when you put it right next to your face. And my head is really big. So that's saying that's that is that is saying something. But yeah. Well there's some of the reasons I yeah. In all in all seriousness, there's some of the reasons why 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 I got into this industry. Yeah. Awesome. And the joke awesome. comes to. Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I'm kind of in the caffeine camp too, where, I mean, I'm an energy drink connoisseur, but I totally get you where it's like in our space, it's totally accepted. Nobody looks at you weird when you break out that second bang energy to hit your like 600 <laughs> milligrams of caffeine. <laughs> right. It's not a worried look. It's a, oh, is that a good flavor? Yeah. It's funny because, you know, we had personal trainers have, you know, kind of like codes of behavior, the way we're meant to be around clients. And I remember Kevin Mullins, you probably know who Kevin is. Kevin is big on the kind of code of conduct type deal. And I remember one time he wrote about, you know, not drinking coffee or not bringing coffee into a personal training session. I'm like, yeah, right. I'm drinking it while they're exercising. I actually say up front to my clients, I'm like, it's coffee, I'm drinking it. And they're like, I don't give a shit. So yep. 
I yeah. actually yeah I'm, I'm very unprofessional when it comes to things like that yeah oh I'll drink coffee I mean if you bring the if you bring the energy I don't think anybody cares I remember yeah. I did a 5 a.m session and it not got knocked over and it spilled all over the floor and instead of people being like oh my god uh like let's clean it up first thing out of their mouth was do you need another like, let's go. <laughs> I'm like, am I, I'm like, am I that bad without it? Was my first question. <laughs> let's go. Yeah, that's the, that's the gym culture is like, if we don't have our caffeine, we're genu- genuinely concerned for each other. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. But speaking of the gym, speaking of workouts, like I know that you and me have a very similar philosophy when it comes to workouts. Cause I mean, we're not over here doing the lunge to curl to press and then jump squat in between. Yeah, that's true. So yeah. I'd love to riff a little bit on like what your philosophy is when it comes to training, like the simpler, the better, or are there like certain things that you like to work on specifically? Like, where do you start when it comes to somebody like somebody watching right now? Who's like, I don't know where to begin. What would you tell them? Well, I really, I mean, I'm going to just steal this from Dan John, right? So Dan John is big on fundamental human movement. So squat, push, pull, hinge, carry, everything else. So that everything else could be anything else. Um, so I think anybody's point of call, particularly when it comes to training, is movement before load. So really focus. I mean, obviously you have to add load to sometimes improve movement. Mm-hmm like a goblet squat with a squat with somebody's squat could be ugly you put a dumbbell right there and boom they're squatting yep. like a champ right so that's not that always a given. yeah that's not always a given but i always one of my one of my things is i put movement before load for sure before before i add load it's like nobody wants to do an elevated bulgarian split squat with a couple of 30 you know 32 kilo kettlebells right there you got to learn how to do a split squat first Right, you got to you got to be able to do that movement. So there, there's that. So there's that fundamental human movement, and then that move, and then load before movement. And once they once they have that, then there's load, obviously. So I think for definitely for the beginning trainer, I mean, strength training is great. Low reps, high weight is great. Obviously, when somebody's starting out, that's not so great. So there is that learning thing that we have to do so i usually i mean i'm usually working between the 8 to 15 rep range i mean that that, that that's where i am my pretty much most of the time particularly with clients um i rarely do i really do one rm type lifts i mean or one hour type movements um but that being said you know low reps definitely have their, that they have their place for strength training. Um, but I, you, the, the client, it, it's really driven by the client. I'm more client focused than I've ever been. I think when you first start as a trainer, you think you know best and you think you know what the client knows best. Oh yeah. Um, I'm not like that anymore. Um, Cause I, I mean, I fall in love with progress. 
And when I see a client progressing, I fall in love with it and I keep feeding it. And then they're like, I don't like this anymore. And I can't say, well, screw you. We're going to do it anyway. They're paying the bills. So I'm more, I'm more client focused than I've ever been. So if they, even if they're good at the movement and they're getting stronger at it, if they don't like it, I just, I mean, I just take it out. I just, I just don't do it. Um, but yes, I usually work between the 18 to 15 rep range. Very rarely do I go below six, mm -hmm. but, but it has its place. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, but I think you can, you, you probably know more about this than me. Um, and I get this from Nick Tamatello is that women can do more reps with the same weight than a man can. Right. Yep. At, at, at a given load. So you got to feed that. Right. Because they can do more. The women that I train have way better muscular endurance than I do. I oh, mean, yeah. far and above. I do some of their moves in my own training. I'm like, oh man, this hurts. <laughs> and I'm making them do it all the time. And they're having a conversation while they're doing it like it's nothing. And I'm like, yep. oh my God. That is so, so true. We've got, we've got we, we, yeah, right. We've got to feed, we, we, we've got to feed that again. Low reps have their place, but I think with women, that happens pretty rarely unless they're training for power lifting or anything like along those lines. Yeah. So that's it. Yeah. Hopefully, somebody got a philosophy out of all of that because that was a lot of talk. Oh yeah. No, I mean, they hear me rant about it all the time, especially because like now I'm what approaching year eight or nine of doing this. Like, I know you've been doing it forever. Like I'm starting to lean towards like giving people rep maxes instead of weight maxes where it's like on that last one, we're just going to go for broke until like it, we don't want to push into pain and we don't want to lose our form and then take that as far as you can. And technical the ladies fire. technical failure. Yep. And the ladies will put up like 10, 15, 20 reps. And I'm like, I feel bad. Like, I feel bad for putting that in there. <laughs> Cause yeah. I get like six or seven when I put it in my own program. And I'm just like, how in the hell are these ladies doing this? Yeah. Yeah. That, I, I mean, mean that, 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 I think that's a, that's the thing. You really, you've got to, you've got to play into a, I mean, not only with women, but with men, you got to play into their strengths. Yep. Right. Absolutely. And, that, and before that all happens, obviously you have to build a rapport and, and know what they want and, you know, all, all, all that kind of stuff. And then when they're more, when they're part of the whole process, then that makes the load and the reps and all that kind of stuff easier when they know the why behind it. Right. Absolutely. Like I, yeah. Like I said, we, women are, are more coachable. They're also willing to listen. So, you know, part of our part of our profession, we have to be educating during the session as well as just going, "Hey, do that. I want 10. So, yep. When people know the why behind why behind it, then they're more likely to do it. They're more likely to buy into it. Absolutely. I mean that that's all about building autonomy, and like that's as a coach, all we can hope for is that the client likes to participate in it. It's not just tell me what to do. Yeah, and you get those clients. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you get. I mean, you get you get the busy 
stressed out executive. They just go, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. I'm like, okay. Yeah. And the old trainer in us is like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, like those first years when you're like, I just read a bunch of T Nation. I just read a bunch of Elite FTS. Believe me, I know what's best for you. Yeah. Yeah, I take, I, I mean, I take a real leaf out of the Tony Jenner clause book when it comes to that. He's, he's riffed about before just saying the last five minutes of the session, just tell him, what do you want to do? What do you want to work on? Anything yep. you want. So I, I'm a, I, I mean, I've basically, I stole that from him. That's what I do. I said, what do you want to do? We've done everything we're going to do today. What do you want to do? Do you want to do abs? You want to do, you know, biceps, triceps, shoulders? And they just go, oh, I, I want to do shoulders. And we're like, okay. And we just do like some shoulder stuff. And so right. again, that creates that creates a real buy-in. And that's, I hate to say it, but that's more likely to happen with women than men. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, is funny how a lot of coaches do a lot of similar things that are like, like high level coaches. Like I know I've heard Joe DeFranco riff on that too, saying that like, he'll have all these football players that are like dying to like rip their shirts off and do arms and like shoulders. And he's like, all right, well, once we do like this stuff, you guys got 10 minutes at the end to do whatever you want to do. <laughs> and then they're like, okay. And then they go do the biceps and triceps and all that. Yeah. Yeah, again, that just, I mean, that just creates buying, right? Yeah. Yeah. When you're, Absolutely. When you're, when you're, when you're part of the decision making process, and I think with a coach and being coaches like we are, that only comes with experience. 100%. And because I think one of the big things is we learn about what we can get away with. Like in the beginning, you're just like, <laughs> I got to do everything perfectly because I don't want to mess anything up because I'm really not confident in what I'm doing just yet. Yeah. And then when you get older, you're like, all right, well, we don't need like 30% of this. So why don't we have fun with it? Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah, cool, cool. Now, I know that you mentioned, I don't, I don't know if I put the uh, recording on before we were talking about the Garage Gym. I'm curious, because I know I saw that you write for Garage Gym reviews. Do you have any like pieces of equipment that you just find yourself always going back to? And to follow that up, any pieces of equipment that you thought were great that ended up just taking up space? Oh, it's definitely the TRX. Yeah, that you use a lot definitely of. The, yeah, it's. I mean, I have been doing the stock standard TRX row for like 13 years, 14 years. I haven't got sick of it yet. It still, it still gets me every time. I mean, I obviously do variations of it. Mm -hmm. but the, the stock standard uh, TRX row and I think the great I mean particularly with women when they come into a gym for the first time they think it's all dumbbells and barbells right I've had a lot of clients come to me think say you know Shane I really like how you use the TRX and the bands and all that kind of stuff because a lot of women have a picture of working out like it's cold, hard, steel, let's go. And that's just, you know, that that's just the perception that you have to bust. Think, mm -hmm. Obviously, bands are great, but with the, with the TRX, TRX is also a good teaching tool for movement. It's like, say, an assisted squat, assisted split squat, reverse lunge, all that kind of stuff. Um, you can adjust the height on a push-up. All that, all that kind of stuff. So 
the TRX is a great teaching tool and it's also great for strength, mm-hmm. right? And it's not an intimidating piece of equipment to use. Kettlebells to the first time user are intimidating. You look at a kettlebell, you go over to a woman, we don't want you to lift that kettlebell thing over there. Let's go, they're like, what the hell is this? Right? Get them on the TRX and go, the closer you get your feet in, the harder it is to move, the, the, the further away you move it, the easier it is, let's go. And they're like, oh yeah, I can do this. So the yeah. TRX, the TRX, the, the, TR, the TRX is great. I'd say when it comes to, and a lot of people are going to hate this, but you obviously need them in your gym. It's definitely the barbell. Right? Yeah, yeah. you're going to get a lot of pe- a lot of functional people all all hot and bothered now. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I have clients, uh, and I myself, you know, do barbell bench presses and barbell squats and all that kind of stuff. And I have a client who, who loves all of that, but mainly for what. I, I turn I turn the barbell into a landmine almost every time. A landmine but, is the best yeah. piece of equipment. So yeah. good. Yeah. Um, I, so I wouldn't say to get rid of. I just say it's probably a little a little overrated. Mm-hmm. Um, I love I love I love the barbell, uh, but the barbell is intimidating to a lot of women when they first begin. That makes the landmine such a great tool to go, hey, do a one-arm press with a barbell. And they're like, oh, yeah, I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> but you get them laying on their back, doing the bench press, they're like, what am I doing? Yeah, so exactly. There, 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 there is that. But you, 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 obviously, you, you obviously need it. Mm-hmm. That being said, I mean, I'm a great believer in, using all the tools in the toolbox. Not one is better than the other. Um, some tools are better for other things, but I'm a, I'm a big believer to, I'm a variety guy. I'll go bands, dumbbells, TRXs, kettlebells, landmines, whatever. I'm good. Absolutely. I, lo- yeah. I mean, can't say enough about those things, mostly because of the most versatile. You could do anything. With those, with those, that little setup, it's really not a whole lot of equipment. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. But I mean, the, the TRX is just, I mean, one thing. I mean, I bring it on vacation with me. I don't, you know, tie it to a tree. There you go. Yeah, I'm one of those guys. <laughs> hey, I mean, nobody, nobody likes looking at the fit guy on on vacation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny because. There's a whole thing about exercising on vacation, whether to do it or not. And you've obviously had the discussion with your clients. What do I do when I'm away? Uh (laughs) I usually say, you don't have to do anything. Yeah. You know, I'm, I, for me, it just clears my head. It's not so much keeping in shape or feeling guilty about what I ate last night or whatever like that. it clears my head and, I, and let's face it there's there's a big focus on mental health right now i mean you you see it a lot in the news and now exercise isn't a substitute for medication i think a, i think a, a lot of people get into like 
Well, if you're depressed, you should just do some bench pressing. It's like, no, it doesn't work like that. Not right? quite. <laughs> but it helps, right? You need, you need every tool in the toolbox. And that's where exercise is for me. Um, because I think, and particularly, I mean, women over 40 and anyone over 40, um, vanity is a big deal. Mm -hmm. You all want to look great. I mean, that that's just a given. But yeah, I, I think, think any anybody, I mean, there is that one like vain part of their brain where they're like, I want to look good. I want to see myself in the mirror and be like, yes. Yeah, but we also want to feel good. Mm -hmm. And I think some some one gets lost in the other sometimes. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So I, I like to I like to feel that's why I ex, that's why I exercise on vacation. Yeah. Yeah. And there's definitely something to be said about that because it helps you enjoy the vacation more. Like that's, that's what I tell my clients. I'm like, you can, but you don't have to. Like I personally like to do it to kind of get rid of a little bit of the bloat that comes with the extra eating, the drinking and yeah. all of that. And then it exactly. allows you to not feel like crap for the second half of the vacation. But yeah. if you want to go the full Ben Bruno route and just say, I'm not touching a weight for a week, then you could do that too. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I got I gains don't go anywhere for a week. No. Sometimes it's good to rest for a week. Right. I mean, so it's the it's the deload that some people desperately need, especially the the people like I know I, I come across some women that will do six, seven days a week hardcore, and then they'll go on vacation, then they come back and they're like, How am I stronger? It's like because you've been pushing it too hard and you finally got the rest. Yeah, so I think. There's a saying from Eric Presley. It says, fatigue marks fitness, right? You've heard that yep. before? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, mate, we as coaches yeah. know that when we're tired that we walk into the gym, we're like, yeah, I don't think 255 is going to happen today. And we can, we can, we can dial it back. And that also helps our client. That I mean, we see that in our clients. Um, when some clients will come in and you know something's they're not a hundred percent, and but they still want to push through it. You're like, no, nah, that's like just not going to happen today. Right? You kind of just draw a line in the sand. It's like, no, nah, that's just that's 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 just dial it back today. I have a, and this is I mean this is an old saying. Just live to fight again another day. I'm a big believer in that. 100%. Yeah, I'm a bit cuz I mean a like a month or two of a bunch of like 7 out of 10 days are going to beat like a week of 10 out of 10s and then not doing anything for another 3 months. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get clients who come in, particularly women clients and and, and they don't progress or that they, they they haven't had a great session. And I and I and again, this is from Dan John. I said What's the hardest thing about being here? And they're like, mm. is it showing up? You showed up. The rest is easy. Don't worry about it. Right? Even if you half-assed it today, better than no-assing it. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Showing up is the most important thing. Yeah. Right? Where, where I used to work, there was actually a sign on the door that said, you just did the hardest part. That's a great sign. Yeah. I love that sign. Yeah. Yep. 
it, yeah. it was true because everybody would make comments when they got in. They're like, well, the sign was right because I feel like shit today. And we're like, that's fine. You're here. Let's move a little bit. Let's have you feeling good. Yeah. Yeah. True. True. There, and there is something to be said for the art of showing up. Like, I don't know. Uh, I think like a lot of people have read this book, but like Atomic Habits, how they have I haven't, that... re- I haven't read it, but I know who James Clear is. Okay, there's a there's a anecdote in there about a guy who lost like a crazy amount of weight. And he said for like what the beginning of his journey, he would just show up to the gym every day. And if he could walk, he would walk. If he would do if he could do weights, he could do weights. But there were some days where he went in the gym, looked around, walked for five minutes, and then walked right out. And he's like, What's the point? And he's like, Well, I mastered the art of showing up. That's it. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. For us, it's easy. Yeah. Right. For our clients or potential clients, it's a little bit more difficult. Absolutely. That's why, that's why, that's why it's always good to reinforce that point. Absolutely. Now, are there any like common issues that you see, like when you're, when you're training women that come up on a frequent basis and how do you navigate it? Oh, this is, yeah, I was, yeah, this is, this is an easy one. So women talk badly about themselves like all the time they will engage not all the time, not all dry time during the, the session, but often they badmouth themselves. Right. So, and I kind of just made this up on the spot, but I, I, I have a client and she wasn't in she she wasn't in the best of shape when she first when she first started training with me um but she would i mean she she was a machine it was just her eating and all that kind of stuff but this one day she she came in and she started calling herself a fat piece of shit or, or something along those lines and i was i mean i was on the spot and i was like hey i said we don't talk about ourselves like that in here. If you want to talk about yourself like that, you can step outside my door and you can talk badly about it yourself. But when you're in here, we don't do that. And she hasn't done it since and she's in the best shape of her life. Now, I like to think I like to take credit for that, but it's not. As you, it's just, I a, mean, it's just, a, just the light switch in her. Yeah, because as much as we say, as much as people think we're just fitness coaches, like mindset is such a huge component that I think it's lost on a lot of, on a lot of people and their experience with fitness. Yeah, yeah, and I've recently, I mean, a lot of people know who Molly Galbraith is. I was just about to bring her up. <laughs> so I, I mean, I recently read her book, um, and I saw her talk at Raise the Bar in Dallas. And that, and that opened my eyes to a lot about um, not talking about a woman's appearance like all the time. Mm-hmm. So in that respect, I like to praise performance over appearance. That's absolutely that, I mean that that's that's what that that's that's what I do. Um and I was doing that even before I read Molly's book, even before I um, heard her talk. But it really, it, I mean, it really, it really opened my eyes 
to all of that because shit, I'm a man, so I don't know, right? Um, I used to be the guy that ogled women in the gym and all that kind of stuff. So I was that guy. I think hey, we all start from somewhere. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I think I'm a, I'm a lot more conscious because women are constantly judging themselves and they're constantly judging other women. Um, and then there's, there's all that going on. So particularly during my sessions, I wouldn't say, I'm not going to go all planet fitness and say it's a no judgment zone because that's just bullshit. <laughs> but when, when they're with me, yeah, I praise performance over appearance. Absolutely. And Molly is like an invaluable resource, especially to the men in the fitness space, because she brings up stuff like you said, like I, I was actually, I raised the bar too. And I was listening to that talk and I was just like, she oh, you were there? Up, yeah. <laughs> what was Andrew doing? He should have introduced us then. Um, Andrew was caught up. He was being the mayor of that whole thing. So he, he had, he had a million people coming up to him, like saying hi, trying to get his ear. And I'm just like, I, I saw him at strong New York the week, like the, in, uh, October before, and I already had met him. So I was just giving him like, how's it going, man? How's it going? I wasn't like trying to chat up because he had so many people, but back to Molly, like, I mean, I know when I came across her, she would say stuff and I'm like, I never ever thought of that. So like any of my clients watching right now, they, they know so they'll make comments like, oh, I can't fit into my jeans or like, oh, I feel like I've gained so much weight. Or even when they hit high points where it's like, I've lost so much weight or I've lost all these inches. This is awesome. I'll always tie it back to like that. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, what do you think got you there? And then it's like, well, the consistency and the working out and the nutrition, I'm like, that's what we're celebrating. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's a good point. I should use that. Hey, you could always tie yeah. it back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah. You know, you, you're 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 exactly right, right. So, at, particularly as coaches, as as male coaches, yeah, we got to take that judgment out of it, don't we? We really hundred percent, because it all because just comes down to the it's the summation of action. It's not how we look in the mirror or how we judge ourselves and the feelings that are along the way. It's like what have we done and what can we do going forward? Yeah. So an interesting story for your audience. I trained my wife. So <laughs> oh, <that> is, boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My wife is my client. For anybody that doesn't know, training a significant other is one of the riskiest things that you can do. <laughs> yeah. So that what we've all talked about just now, that really plays into when I train her. Right? Yep. Because as a husband, you're always judging your or your or your partner's appearance, if, even if you're not married, you're constantly judging it, right? So being her trainer is good practice because I have to just take that out of it. I, I really, really do. I have to just go, no, 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 don't, no, 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 don't, don't say that. Don't do that. Don't say that. Then that's good practice for me. For my, all my all my for all my other clients, but yes, training a significant other is is it, it, it's a delicate balancing act. 
Absolutely. I know yeah. when my when my girlfriend goes, I try and like make a conscious effort because she's in her residency. So if she gets to the gym one time a week, she's lucky. So she's not feeling too great about like certain things. And every time she goes, I'm like, you're standing a little taller. Like you look a little bit leaner. Like you like, did that feel good? Like you, do you feel stronger? And it's like, it kind of gets into the reinforcement of like, I enjoy this more so than just the immediate results. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so, again, yeah. yeah, you talk when you talk about that, yeah, that's you know, particularly with results as we're in that results business. I think tying it back into women's bodies, we have to also define results, like you know, doing one more rep, um, you know, being able to balance on one foot a little longer, holding the plank a little 15 seconds extra. Um We've got to we've got to also you know tie those all into because usually, I mean I know this is a cliche, and women have heard this before and Ed men have heard this before. People tie the results to the weight on the scale. They tie a lot to that number. They look at that number, and it's either going to make them feel great or make them feel shit. Mm -hmm. And we've all been there. Even as coaches, I've been there. You probably looked at the, you've been there too. So. I think defining results and giving it a broad spectrum rather than just inches lost, number on the scale, body fat percentage, and all that is great because we need all of that. Um, I think other stuff is as well. Um, I mm -hmm. think because a lot of people get stuck into the either or type is either, either this or it's that. Think as coaches, yep. we've got to we've got to we've got to be both, right? Absolutely, because can't can't be one or the other. And it play either or all plays great on social media. You know that we know that. Go squats are great, squats are bad. Let's go and create a whole bunch of engagement. It's like, I'm not that person. Yeah, right? we. It seems like people love creating these dichotomies that just are like anybody who actually trains people knows that it doesn't exist. Like it's not either or. No, it it, it, it really really isn't. It really it really really isn't. Um, and I mean, being empathetic. I mean, that's another thing of coaching. Um, again, with me training my wife, that helps me be empathetic and compassionate to other women, um, being a parent for as long as I have, all of that experience plays in. I think when we when we first start off, fitness coaches first start off in this industry, we cannot walk a mile in another person's shoes because you know our shoes are brand new and shiny and we're ready to go and we run and we let's go. We can't as we get more experienced, we know that we go, hey, they come in, they've had a bad day, they had a fight with their daughter. Okay, so that's when, as coaches, we have to be flexible, go, well, maybe we're not going to do barbell squats, so they have about some medicine ball slams. It's like, oh, yeah, that's fresh. Let's go. Yep. Yeah. Because yeah. we've all we've all had those sessions where it's like, yeah, let's just throw this behind my back. Let's say screw it and figure out what, what we want to do for the day. Yeah, and that just, I mean that just, that just, that just comes from experience, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, it gets yeah. back to that. You know what you can get away with. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I yeah, think, happy. yeah, but that's what, yeah. Yeah. Now, I want to be respectful of your time because you've been so oh, gracious spending spending almost like we're coming on like 45 minutes now. And oh, I, I got hey, I want to tell your audience, <laughs> I really like talking if you had, if they hadn't noticed that already. Okay, that's good because this one usually adds on at least another 20 minutes to this discussion that I got to ask every single person that comes on the show. What is your favorite movie of all time and why? Oh God, my favorite movie. It's got to be Top Gun. Top Gun, the original? Uh, both. Both. I'm not gonna, like I, I just said I'm not. We're not going either or on this one, Brian. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna lump them. I'm, I'm gonna lump them together because the the sequel was more like a tribute to the old one. Yeah. Than more, more anything. Um, I mean, I for for your audience, I grew up in Australia, so seeing that type of American Bravo when I was a teenager in Australia, I just, I mean, I lapped it up. The planes, the Tom Cruise, the one-liners, the soundtrack. It's like the whole, the whole kid and caboodle of America, right? Even before I moved here. So it was my, my little indoctrination into America watching Top Gun. Um, love everything about it. Could sit there, watch it over and over again. And I have. Um, <laughs> one-liners. I've got, I've got, I've got, I've got. I've got probably more Top Gun t-shirts than I have gym t-shirts. I love Top Gun. <laughs> every, every, everything about it, like it, love it. So yeah, definitely Top Gun, for sure. Solid choice. That's one I haven't yeah. heard yet. You haven't heard Top Gun? No, no, I don't think I've heard Top Gun yet. Yeah, well, well I'm probably maybe a little bit older than a lot of your other guests because, you know, I'm in my 50s, so... I'm trying to think because I know I had one guy on um Al and he's very close to your age and his was actually a Batman movie Batman and the Berserker I think or something like that but that's cute I know <laughs> and I was like now I gotta go watch it because that's one I have never seen but Top Gun I could definitely relate because like you said I mean when you got all like the the best parts of 80s movies and an actual good story to go along with it the best of both worlds okay a close second even though we can't talk about the second one close second is last of the mohicans i could watch mm. that movie over and over again love myself some last of the mohicans love myself some magwai yeah so, that's one of those i watched one time and i'm like damn that was good and then every time you see it you're like i don't know if i'm emotionally capable of watching this right now <laughs> yeah i love i just love the battle scenes and all that yeah i love, love my and see, I have a wife who doesn't like to watch movies over and over again. So, yeah, yeah, but no, I Last guess that is a close, close second. Very good choices. Very good choices. I mean, and to be honest, like I'm not a huge Tom Cruise fan, but that that I could watch over and over and over again. Yeah, and I'm I'm, I'm right with you on that one. But yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah just yeah, Top Gun. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Yeah. I know I always say Braveheart's mind, like such a good one. <laughs> Let's go. When I was in Scotland a long time ago, right? 
and I toured around Scotland for about three weeks, I reckon I watched Braveheart like six times. <laughs> Everyone, we just watch it over and over and over again. If, you, if anyone's been to the UK, you know the bars close early in the UK. I'm not sure if that's yep. still the case. It was the case when I was there. When I was in Northern Ireland, I found that out the hard way. Yeah. yeah. And so they're about to close this bar down in Scotland. We're all drinking whiskey. And this one guy in our tour group got up and re recited Mel Gibson's battle scene speech word for word on the bar. <laughs> <laughs> that and is the awesome was, the bar was full he got up before it was about to close and said that and we were like oh, four more whiskey let's go <laughs> it was like it was gold yeah now and go, and did going, you... to where the battle, going to where the battle was actually was in sterling scotland and the funny thing when you go to sterling scotland where the braveheart legend is right mm -hmm. it's not a statue of william wallace it's a statue of mel gibson really that's interesting and when you see william wallace's sword william wallace's sword is like six feet really it's huge i can't imagine just like trying to wield that when people are trying to kill you like i feel like you would be so slow you'd just be done oh, i love myself some bright part oh you got me going now let's go yeah, yeah so now you got me you got me thinking about the scene where he launches it and it's just flying through the air at the end. Oh, yeah. I love myself yeah. some Braveheart. Yeah. Now, Go I got to I mean, if you haven't mm -hmm. been to Scotland and you like Braveheart, good to go. Oh, it's on the to-do list. Now, I got to yeah. ask, at the bar when he did that, did you also follow it up with the frontal and the backward flash? No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, I no, I think I was wearing pants. God, I hope well, that's I always a plus. Yeah. Because that's one of those things I didn't realize as a kid watching it on TV. They never show the when they flash the front. And then I saw it on like Netflix or something. I'm like, whoa, that was not there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Braveheart, 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 Braveheart. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely make my top 10. Yeah, I love, 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 love myself some Braveheart. But yeah, the statue of Mel Gibson is set at the actual William Wallace. At the at the actual battle scene was um that was weird. Yeah. It, anybody who hasn't met Mel Gibson, I know Mel Gibson's like five foot nothing. <laughs> yeah, isn't he? He's in that group of actors that's like oddly short, like him, Sylvester Stallone. Um, who's another macho guy? Um, oh, the guy that played Apollo. Uh, it's escaping me. Oh, um, Carl Williams. No, no, yes. Williams. Or like no, uh, he's on the Mandalorian now too. Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers, yeah, Weathers, not Weathers. Because I remember they they casted Carl Weathers because he was the same height as Sylvester Stallone because Sylvester Stallone was so short. Oh, that because he's only like five six, five seven. Okay, yeah, and Predator. Let's not forget about that. Ooh, can't forget that. Yeah, Carl Weathers and Predator, let's go. Yeah, uh, Predator's another good one. Damn, that that's on the list. Yeah, and Terminator. Yeah, Terminator's one of those, like, it was before my time, so I got to catch up. I've seen them, but I don't have the same appreciation because the effects have come such a long way that you don't have, like, that nostalgic appreciation. 
and your audience can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Terminator 2 was the first $100 million film. Really? That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah, it was really, yeah. Yeah, I think when I, when I, when I saw Terminator 2, I walked out of that film, it was like... <laughs> yeah, very impressive. Getting blown to bits and then the molt metal coming back together. Yep. Yeah, that was Jeez. that was something else. That was pro- at that time probably one of like the best things anybody had ever seen on it on a screen. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we could read for that movie trailer. It's not. Uh, <laughs> we'll we'll just have to nip it right there, just so we don't go over. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just taking a quick look to see if there were any questions, and I think everybody w- was uh, done with their lunch break by the time we started. So no questions for us. Okay. But I guess that's a good place to wrap it. So I just want to say thank you so much, Shane, for hopping on. I really do appreciate getting on here, shooting the shit. And uh, if anybody listening right now took something away from this, like on my uh, media, on Shane's media, make sure to just take a screenshot and like let us know what resonated the most with you and tag us. I'd love to know. Um, And Shane, do you have any parting words anywhere that the audience can find more of you if they want to learn a little bit more and see your Chuck Norris um, calendar? So my website is balanceguidetraining.com. Um, my Instagram handle is Outback Performance Center. Um, and that, that two good places, that two good places to find me. All right. And I'll be sure to put them in the show notes. So you guys don't have to go searching, just drop down in uh, either Spotify or Apple podcasts or wherever the heck you are finding us and it'll be in the show notes. So you can just click it and go. All right. So thank you again, Shane. Thank you. Thank you everybody for tuning in. See you later guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode and you're a new listener, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss another episode. And if you're a returning listener, I would love your feedback. If you could take two seconds to just leave a quick review on iTunes or Spotify and rate the show, that would be greatly appreciated. So thank you in advance and have a great rest of your week.